Doing things right or doing the right things. Coming up here on the Better Sundays podcast at reachkeep.com. Welcome to the Better Sundays podcast. Focus, practical, and usable advice for church leaders looking to reach new young families and impact their community. Well, howdy, howdy, howdy. This is Mike Holmes here, and I want to speak to you for a little bit about this very, very important topic of not necessarily doing things right, but doing the right things and making sure that you as a church leader, as a pastor, a ministry leader, a Sunday school teacher, wherever you happen to be, that you are doing proper stuff, not doing things proper. Now, believe me, I think you need to do things right. There are some important things, and I'll give you some illustrations here in just a moment. But I want to talk to you about filling up your church and filling up your Sunday school room, because I know that's what's on your heart. That's what uh, one of the things that you, uh, in fact, the people that are attracted to this podcast, a lot of the reasons that they uh, uh, come is because they are trying um, to reach more people. They've got things figured out as far as their doctrine, denomination, and their Bible, and all that kind of stuff, but they are wanting to make sure that they are filling the chairs, okay? Uh, The gospel doesn't work on empty chairs, okay? They don't have a soul, they don't have ears, and we need to make sure we put people into those seats. And we want to talk about doing some of the right things. Now, there is a way that many churches operate, and many people operate. This is not just against pastors or ministry people, but many times we live our life through what we call trial and error, okay? Trial and error. If you've ever had a mechanical problem on your vehicle, um, like, you know, say it's overheating or, you know, something like that, there can be all sorts of different things. And you might go to a mechanic that says, well, I think it's a thermostat, and they replaced that, didn't fix it. Oh, I think it's a radiator hose. They replaced that, they didn't fix it. Uh, I think it's your coolant, okay? They replaced that, didn't fix it. Oh, it's your heater core is clogged up. They replaced that and didn't, it didn't fix it. And they keep trying all these different things. And many times we find that trial and error type of, of management is what we defer to. And in our in America today, North America, wherever you happen to be watching this, we do this a lot. And and there's some few places where trial and error is kind of the only way to do it. Uh, with mechanics, sometimes that's about the only way to do it is, is you know, replace something and uh, see if it fixes it. Now, in church work, we need to move away from trial and error because trial and error, my friend, is extremely inefficient. It is not the best way to do management. It is not a good thing at all. And in fact, uh, take the car illustration. You just replaced five different components on your car, racked up a bill of about $3,000, and you don't have the answer yet. Trial and error can be extremely frustrating because it, it, you put all this effort into it and you have effort, oh, work hard, and effort, work hard, and effort, and work hard. And those things don't necessarily work because you're not doing the right thing. You might replace your heater core with excellence and you might put all the, you know, the tools just right and all the things that you have done and your mechanic might have the cleanest shop in the world, but if it doesn't fix the problem, then, you know, it didn't, didn't really work. So here's this idea that we need to move away from trial and error. Trial and error will also, uh, it just robs your money, obviously. Uh, it, it robs your, your time and your efforts, and it really robs you in the long term. If you're trying to fix your car, we go back to that illustration, you know, and winter's coming and your heater doesn't work, 
And you only got like a month before winter comes. And then, you know, you only have so much time. You just, you get fatigued from trying this and trying this and trying this. And if you're a pastor of a church and you're trying to reach young families, you're trying to reach out to your community, you're trying to do something new, you can only, you only have so much effort that you can put into that during uh, the entire year. In other words, uh, the, you know, Christmas and some of that very busy, you know, the Easter times, hot, busy, summer, a lot of people gone, got kids programs, camp, you know, so there's only some certain slots where you can try some new things, and pretty soon, another year is gone, and you got the same problem, a lot of empty chairs, more empty chairs, more stuck, more spinning your wheels, more, uh, uh, talked to a guy the other day, I'm trying to think of what the word he used, he lost the spark. In other words, the, 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 the fire had kind of gone out and, and people were there, but they were just there. You know, we've all seen that in a fire, you know, the logs are just kind of slowly burning down and it's not really a raging fire. Folks, the local church needs to be a raging fire and it needs to come by doing the right things, okay? Or the thing, you, you want to do things right, okay? There's no doubt. We want to do all things decently in order, glorify God. We want to do all that, but we also want to make sure we're doing the right things. And trial and error is not a good way to do that. An alternative way for you as a pastor as a church leader, is a different type of learning method, and rather than trial and error, which is extremely inefficient, uh, is what we call best practices. Now, I read a book a while back about uh, someone that was doing um, um, governmental work in the Vietnam area, area. Uh, yeah, I guess south or north Vietnam, don't remember, but it was after uh, the Vietnam War, um, and, and they were working with all the Vietnamese villages, and it was kind of an interesting story. And they were going around, and all these kids were tremendously malnourished because, you know, there had been a war there, and there wasn't really good distribution of food or medicine or medical care, anything like that. And uh, they would go from village to village to village, and everybody was really malnourished and not doing very good. And they went to uh, this research group, or maybe it was a food humanitarian group of some sort. Um, they went to one village, and they got there and like, Everybody was doing pretty good. I mean, they're all pretty healthy as far as the, what they had, uh, you know, been eating, and they weren't starving and all that. And here they had like 30 villages doing poorly, and then they had one village doing really well, and they started to kind of dig into it. It's like... Were they getting medical supplies somehow? Were they, uh, you know, was there something in the water, you know? <laughs> was there something, you know, that they were getting that they didn't know about? And after some investigation, they found that one of the older ladies of, of the community there, who was a, a kind of a matriarch, we'll call her, uh, she had learned from her mother and her grandmother and her great-grandmother all the way through that when you prepare the rice for the children, if you could take little scraps of meat and little pieces of pork or chicken or whatever they have available over there, and you could tear that up and you would put it in with the rice, that the kids seemed to be healthier when they, when they had that. And what, amazing, and we would know that now. We would know, and again, we're talking about a, you know, these back villages in Vietnam, no, not much education. But we know that you know, rice, a lot of carbohydrates, but you put some meat in there, you're getting some, what? Protein. And here was someone who had a best practice that was making a huge difference. And what they started to do is just simply take the best practice and move it sideways, move it to the next village, move it to the next village. And they trained people 
how to gather the meat and how to, you know, put it into the food and how to do that. And they're able to, you know, accomplish their task better. This is the concept of not necessarily trial and error, but looking for best practices. Now, there are so many benefits of this um, that, you, that you can have. And at ReachKeep.com, one of the things that we do is we travel and we're in churches all over. I'm in a, a little tiny church out here in the middle of uh, uh, nowhere doing a family conference right now. But in a few hours, and actually this is, I've never done this before. This is kind of strange. But this is a Sunday morning, okay? And this church is empty, okay, at the moment. But within a couple hours, this church is going to be filled with young families, Okay, I did a family uh, a couples event last night. Everybody young, everybody has has kids. Kids are coming out of the woodwork. We had a family drive 60 miles to come here uh, to church last night uh, for, you know, for our couples event. There are some good practices going on here. Now, what those are, I'm not going to get into all those. In fact, I don't even know. I'm going to try to interview the pastor and try to, you know, get a, a, a few little nuggets and learn some things here. Because it's like, hey, I can go 30, 40 miles into other churches and I don't see this, but I see this here. So what I am doing is going to learn from these churches. Now, my career, entire career has been spent working, helping churches reach young families. And I have seen the absolute worst outreach you can imagine. And I have seen absolutely wonderful outreach uh, like, we, like we're seeing here. Our own home church at Sinclair Baptist Church. Many of you know, I was a senior pastor there for years. Uh, I was there last week. We had, we were packed. We had to set two extra rows of chairs up on one side. We had to put another extra row of chairs on the other side. There are some good things going on there. And we want to share with you some of those good practices. We want to teach you some of those techniques, some of those little nuggets, okay, like putting the pork into the rice, little things like that. And you can do excellent work, but if it is not going to the right, it's not done, the, it's not the right thing, okay, it's going to go the wrong direction. Let me give you an example. I worked with someone on Facebook ads. They had created these beautiful Facebook ads. They're very nice carousel things, nice, uh, you know, beautiful pictures of church and the time, and they faded from one to the other, and it was all right. But they weren't getting any traction from it. Spent some time talking to them. You know what one of the problems was? When they were doing the targeting, and on Facebook, this is kind of getting into the weeds here a little bit, but on Facebook, you can kind of aim it towards a group. It would be like putting a billboard up, a really nice billboard for your church, but putting it on a country road, you know, 50 miles from where you live. It's like, it's not going to do any good. Their targeting was off, and they didn't have it aimed the right direction. They were doing things right but they were not doing the right thing. They needed to get the targeting. And all it was was a tweak, a little pork in the rice. And uh, we are here to help you with that. If you're interested in this type of help, okay, the techniques. And again, we're not changing doctrines and Bibles and, you know, all that kind of stuff. We're here to help your local church flourish. Our goal at our church is to create flourishing believers. That's what we do at, our, at my home church where we started. And our goal now is to take that and to replicate that out into churches around America, North America. Uh, I got someone signed up from Europe the other day, um, you know, that we're involved with. Uh, our job is to create flourishing churches to help you 
have your church flourish. And it might be just a little tweak. It might be just a little thing uh, that you need. I know you guys. I work with, with you guys and girls all the time. You are good people. You are dedicated to God. You've committed your life to God. But unfortunately for some of you, you still see a lot of that. Okay? And it bothers you. And it haunts you. Okay? And I'm not talking about megachurches. By the way, you know, this is never going to be a you know, megachurch out here. There's no people out here where I happen to be. I'm, you know, the nearest town is 15, 20 miles away. Um, it is just, if I could get the camera outside and see it, we're just out in the windswept prairies here. There was nothing out here. But I know that you want to reach people. And I know that your heart is to do that. And we're here to help. If this type of teaching and this type of techniques and grabbing hold of these things is what you need, whether it's in, you know, social media or, you know, nursery and children's ministry or what we call, I talked to a guy the other day, he's just, our Sundays are dead. And we have a whole session we teach on how to create amazing Sundays. And if you need this type of teaching, we are here for you. It's real simple to learn more about us. You can go to reachkeep.com and look at our whole stuff. We have a lot of things that are available there. Right now, um, our academy is open for enrollment, so you can go to reachkeep.com slash academy. Uh, so you just put the little slash after reachkeep.com, type in the word academy. Um, enrollment will be closed really soon. When that does close, you'll be able to get on the wait list, and then the next time we're open, uh, we'll do that. But we only take a certain uh, amount of students at a time for obvious reasons. We can't help a uh, thousand churches at one shot. I mean, it just doesn't uh, just doesn't work. We spend a lot of time on uh, phone calls, a lot of Zoom, a lot of you know Google mapping these churches and figuring out what's going on and what's near them and next to them, and looking at their websites and all that. So we are here for you. And uh, I'm glad that you took time to watch this today. I want to do one little thing here. You can tell we're in a Western church. Look at this. All right. Little wagon wheels on the ceiling up there. I always wanted to do this. Get this right on my head. There you go. All right. You snap a photo right there. Mr. Mike with the dunce cap on. So anyway, hey, God bless you guys. We're just uh, grateful that you were spending time with us on these things. You can always uh, subscribe to this here. Um, on uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, what's the other one? Uh, iTunes, uh, you can go uh, that. And then if you're finding some of these things, uh, subscribe on YouTube. If you're watching this, hit the subscribe button. We will be coming to you on a regular basis. Uh, but we love you, and we are here for you. So God bless, and we'll see you next time.